What's going on, everyone? Happy Tuesday. I'm actually recording this on Monday at 10 a.m. I figured I should probably timestamp these when I actually record them in case something big happens in the news or something. And then people are like, oh, why didn't you fucking touch on that? But uh, yeah, it's Monday when I'm recording this. Comes out on Tuesday as per usual. So thank you for listening. I figured I'd kick off the episode like I have been lately with something awkward as fuck that's just happened. And of course, it always happens to me. I don't know if this happens to you guys as much as it happens to me or whether I just take like a make a conscious effort of recording it so that I can either tell you guys about it or turn it into a bit for stage. But again, this moment happened at the gym literally probably half an hour ago, I guess. I just got back from the gym, so I'm all sweaty. I'm just going to get sweatier in this studio because, uh, again, I can't afford air conditioning. So that's all good. But I got to the gym and I've gone – I've put my bag down. I've gone to the – toilets to have a quick piss before I start smashing weights like a beast, right? And uh, as I've walked into the toilet, I don't know, uh, to get to the toilets, you got to walk past like the change room area, like most gyms, I guess. And as I walked in, there's like a, I don't even know what you'd call it, like in a girl's change room, I guess you'd call it a beauty station, but feels wrong to call it that in a boy's change room. But anyway, uh there's like a little bench with hair dryers and shit. And I don't know if you guys see some people every now and then and you're just like, that's a disgusting human being. Uh, and some people might look at me and think that. And that's completely fine. Everyone's got their their little kinks. Hopefully I'm somebody's kink. But uh, yeah, I walk in the change rooms and I see this disgusting man with the hair dryer and... I can only jump to the assumption that he has gone to the gym without a towel to dry himself after he's had a shower after gym. So now he's resorted to using the change room hairdryer to dry himself, right? So he's literally standing in front of this mirror, hairdryer in hand, dripping in fucking water. I hope it was water and not sweat. It was probably a mixture, to be honest, which now that I'm saying that out loud is fucking disgusting. But uh, anyway... I've gone to walk like behind him to get to the toilets and he didn't have the hairdryer on at this stage. And in my head, my whole approach to him, I'm like, you better not fucking start this hairdryer as I walk behind you and just spray me with sweat and water because that would be fucking gross. And sure enough, as I've slowly crept behind the guy, this disgusting human being cranks the hairdryer to the top speed and what I hope is water and definitely not sweat now that I'm saying it out loud. A large portion of that water sprayed me as I walked past. And yeah, to the point I had to go to the cubicle and get bits of toilet paper and dab my arms and shit. And thank fuck none of it hit my face. But yeah, that's uh, that's been my morning. Hopefully that's worse than most of the mornings you guys are having at the moment. I just wanted to, at the top of the episode as well, say thank you, I guess, to the... Uh, like what would you call it, the reaction or the support and all that shit that I got for last week's episode. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit of inside baseball. That episode in a long time was probably the funnest and easiest to record. And I just – I think it was because I knew where I wanted to go with it. There was literally no pressure of meeting timeframes or having people here and shit like that. But, yeah, literally the amount of messages and shit that I got from – some of you guys, but like a lot of people in the the comedy scene, some sort of uh, yeah, distant friends and things like that that I haven't really spoken to for a while, even reached out and said that they love the new format. Uh, 
got little compliments like it felt like it went way quicker than usual, which is that's good, I guess. I don't want this to be a podcast that's sort of like, oh fuck, when's he gonna when's he gonna finish? When's the hour up? Sort of thing. So yeah, and and on that as well, some of these podcasts are gonna go for an hour. Some of them might go for half an hour, depending on if I've got anything to talk about or if anything's happened. But um yeah, aiming for about that hour every week, which I think's pretty pretty normal in the podcast world. That's most of the ones that I listen to around that hour. But I uh there was one thing last week <laughs> that I wasn't entirely uh, 100% sold on doing it, I guess, on the air. And I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. And that was my little rant at the start. Somewhat shitting on the industry, if that's what you want to call it. Somewhat, I would like to just call it uh, telling my truth, I guess. Um, and yeah, that I've had a, a large number of people as well message me saying that they loved my little ranting style, which I'm definitely no Bill Burr or anything like that, but... If you guys do want to hear me rant, then let me know. But I just don't want to be that guy that comes on here and he's just super negative every fucking week. But, um, yeah, appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate everyone that shared the episode. Appreciate fucking everything you guys are doing. So keep it up. I'll keep it up. But I feel like we're on a bit of a winner here with, with this new format. I feel good. Hopefully you guys feel good about it. We've spruced up the thumbnails, all that sort of shit. So everything that I'm reading on... Uh, on Dr. Google about increasing your podcast reach and shit like that I'm doing. So let's see how we go. Let's uh, let's see what happens. But yeah, we kicked off the week. I touched on it a little bit last week, but week just gone, we had Westy's birthday. So big seven-year-old now, which is fucking nuts that it's been seven years since he was born. But as they all tell you, time, time just goes so quickly. So cherish those moments. So... Um, yeah, he had a bit of a birthday party last week and it's probably his biggest birthday party we've had in a long time, like since he was like one or two sort of thing, uh, where we actually invited some of his school friends, family friends, Ash and Adrian came along with their kids and stuff, so it was good to see them. Um, and yeah, obviously it was the chaos you would expect from a kid's birthday party. Uh, we went to this place called Inflatable World, which... It's in the name. It's just a big industrial shed full of inflatable jumping castles and slides and all that sort of shit. But yeah, he, he had a blast, loved all his little friends, came home hot and sweaty. But the dampener on the whole thing was our youngest son, Parker, got super sick. Like I said, he was in hospital for the last episode that I did. But he's out now. He's doing way better. He's got some sort of respiratory thing. He's on all these sorts of puffers and shit like that some sort of steroid puffer. I've been sucking it after he's gone to bed, trying to get even more jacked, but uh doesn't seem to be working. I've heard that it can actually give you thrush in the mouth. So yeah, I just, I have not actually been taking the steroid puffer because I feel like some of you might take that literally and go, hey James, here's some facts I found on steroid puffers. But um, yeah, he's out now. Uh, but it was a little bit of a black cloud, I guess, on Westy's birthday. But I think the little dude got spoiled as fuck so he didn't really care he got a copious amount of presents last week and um a lot of them he's obviously getting older so a lot of the presents he got somewhat bought back like a nostalgic uh theme for me sort of thing because he got uh do you remember those like huffy green machines he got one of them and he was just out the front ripping skids on it 
And it took him a while to get the like the balls to really twist the handles, but once he got it, he was like, "Fuck, I want to start doing like." Shut up, Siri. Sorry, my uh, my Apple Watch just went off because Siri thought I was talking to her. But this episode will now have to be called feature featuring Siri. But um, yeah, he got a green machine. What else did he get? He got uh, and that's the other thing as well. Like people are like, "Oh, what's Westy want?" And then I get in this little research rabbit hole, which fuck. It ramps up my ADHD. Obviously, we've spoken about it before, but when I get when I get like a little bit of obsession with something, I'll just go all in. I'll try and buy all the equipment for it. Like we uh, we'll get on it later, but we cleaned out the shed over the weekend, and I was just finding all these old little things that I half got into, like golf clubs, camping gear, fucking DJ equipment, and it was just like, oh, this is like. So much money just sitting here because James had a little, a little thought, and like to, to be honest, this was one of those little thoughts, and I'm glad it's sort of somewhat stuck this one. So, but yeah, he got um, we bought him his first little drill as well, which is cool. Just got him a little Azito. He's not quite up to the Makitas like me, but um, he's fucking thrashing that thing. He actually looks after his tools better than me, so. If anyone's seen my toolboxes, they're just rusty as fuck, full of old, dirty tools. And I accidentally left his drill outside after I used it to pull down the shed because I was too lazy to go get my drills. And he came out just fucking firing off at me. He's like, don't leave my drills outside. They'll get wrecked, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's a good little good little thing to have in the back of your head already as a, as a seven-year-old, look after your tools. So, um, but yeah, the... The big present that Nikita and I sort of got him, and he's been harping on it for legit probably a year and a half now, I reckon. He's wanted a new bike. We've always just bought him like the cheap Kmart bikes that you do with kids because they they outgrow them. But um, he's at that age now where the next size bike, and I'm just going off what the guy at the shop told me, apparently the next size bike lasts them sort of from six till sort of 12 or something. So... He's, he's been obsessed with bikes, scooters, motorbikes, fucking skateboards, all that sort of shit, like X game shit for as long as we can remember. So Nikita and I were like, let's buy him a decent bike. He'll fucking love it. So of course it was old daddy's job here to go and start looking at bikes. And I was sort of, I had him looking on my phone at the type of bikes that he likes sort of thing. Anyways, he ended up, just deciding, he goes, I don't care what bike it is. I just want it to be a bright color and I want it to have uh, like free spin, like back sp- the pedals can spin back, like there's no brake. And I'm like, okay, that most BMX bikes around that style are like that. So let's go to the shops and have a look. So I walk into the, the bike shop. I just went to a local bike shop, try and support some local businesses. And I'm looking at the bikes and this shop had three... Three sort of children spec bikes, I guess, before you get to like the the adult ones that are the same size, but they're fucking kitted out in thousands of dollars. So he's showing me these three bikes. There's three different tiers, obviously entry level. And what he was saying to me was like, oh, it's similar to a Kmart one. And I'm like, okay, we don't want that. Middle of the range, I'm like, this is probably the one we're going to get. So I'm leaning towards that and I stupidly don't know why the fuck I did this. I go, well, what's what's the top of the range one? And he showed me this bike. And the, I bought this bike for me. This thing was fucking 
and I'm not even into BMXs or anything, but I'm like, that's a beautiful bike. And I'm like touching it and I'm like, I'm like moving it forward and back, like with my hands. Like I'm not sitting on it or anything, but just feeling the bike. And this thing is fucking sick. I love it. I don't even know. I think the brand is Colony or something, which I don't know. Apparently it's a good bike brand. Um, so yeah, we bought him this bright purple BMX bike that he's fucking obsessed with. We almost had a bit of a, a blooper with it though, because I went and bought this bike. Six hundred and fifty fucking dollars this bike was, which is nuts. It's he sucked me in just like I got sucked in at the scooter shop. That's a story from an earlier episode. If you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to how I almost got into adult scootering. But um yeah, he sucked me in. Six hundred and fifty bucks for this stupid bike. It's not stupid, it's beautiful. I love it. And um yeah, it's fucking it's stunning. But the day after I went and spent that money on it, I was sort of I've some like Westy probably knew he was getting a bike for his birthday by the amount of times I dropped it, dropped the hint. But the day after I bought it, I go, Oh, what, how do you feel about a purple bike? Because I said this to Nikita, I'm like, A purple bike for a little boy is a bit, he's either going to love it or he's going to be like, That's a fucking girl's bike. I'm not going anywhere near it. And I was like, Should we ask him if he wants a purple bike? And she's like, No, no, he'll love it. He wanted a bright color. And I'm like, Ugh. So we get home and I'm like, showed him a purple bike on the internet and he's like, nah, I really don't want a purple bike. And I'm like, and I just looked at Nikita and we both freaked the fuck out that we just dropped 650 bucks on a bike that he's not even going to like. But uh, luckily we <laughs> we somewhat brainwashed him into thinking purple bikes are the fucking bomb. So yeah, he's going to be cruising around Beanley Skate Park this weekend on a bright purple bike. Probably shouldn't say that in case there's like child abductors listening to this or something, but uh my son will not be at Beanley Skate Park on a purple bike this week. I will be on a purple bike more than likely when he gets over it. And I'm like, this can't go to waste. I'm going to the highest half pipe and dropping in. So expect to see me in a cast for next week's episode. But yeah, the um, we, we were talking about gifts and obviously Valentine's Day was this week as well. And this, I don't know, this, everyone else I've told about this hasn't found it as weird or funny as I found it. And again, I don't know if it's just my fucked up brain overanalyzing everything and trying to turn it into a joke. But uh, yeah, Valentine's Day was this week. And obviously Nikita and I bought each other little fucking, I bought her flowers and a card or some shit. And um, yeah, Westy goes to school. He comes home from school and he's like, oh, my teacher was a little upset with me today. And I'm like, why is that? And he's like, I was the only boy in the class that didn't buy her a Valentine's Day present. And I was like, that's so fucking weird. A, to be buying your teacher Valentine's Day presents in grade two. And also, that's pretty fucking weird that this chick wants gifts off seven-year-old boys. Uh, I found that a little odd. I don't know if you guys find that odd. I know it's not as creepy as I'm making it sound, but... Again, it's just my head trying to find the fucked up situation and everything, but I thought it was weird. And then for her, I don't know, Westy probably read into it too much like I do, but I don't think she would have actively been angry at him for not buying her a gift. But yeah, I thought it was a little bit little bit odd. So um, let me know if you guys think that's odd. Let me know what you guys did for Valentine's Day. I don't fucking know. But um, my, darling, my darling wife, Nikita, also taught me something this week that I did not know. And uh, the, the reason she bought it on Valentine's Day for herself and I thought it was 
like I cracked up because I didn't know it was a real thing anymore. So <laughs> we're sitting in the lounge room and she goes, can you call my phone? She's like, I've lost my phone. Can you call it? Little did I know she hadn't actually lost her phone. Nikita educated me that it is possible to still buy ringtones these days, which I thought died out in like the late 2000s. Because I remember with my Nokia 3315, you'd go to like the back of mum's Take 5 magazine and they'd be like, text in code blah, blah, blah and pay $2.50 for a ringtone. And I thought that died when we got iPhones because you could just pick whatever song you wanted to be your ringtone. And then we went through the phase where it was like not cool to have a popular song as a ringtone. Like I remember Nikita, <laughs> Nikita got, had a ringtone for so many years. It just did not suit her. She had Young, Wild and Free by Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa as her ringtone. <laughs> and it's crazy because this chick is like not into like drugs or alcohol or anything like that. And this whole song is about being young, wild and free, like smoking weed, not caring what anyone thinks about you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I thought it was nuts that every time we're in a public place, this song would just start cranking out of her pocket. But anyway, that's her thing. So we're sitting on the couch. I call her phone and I hear the fucking frozen theme song playing from her phone in her hand. And I look at her and she's just got the biggest smile on her face as if to say, is this not the coolest thing you've seen in 20 years? Uh, so that's super annoying every time her phone rings now. And um, yeah, I plan on changing it. I don't even... To be honest, I don't even know what my ringtone is. I just, I feel like I've been brainwashed that the the Apple ringtone is just, yeah, fuck. Now that I think about it, that's that's trippy as. I know it when it rings, but then, hmm. Anyway, sorry, that's that's just me. I'm just losing my mind on this solo podcast. This is why I needed Adrian and stuff to, to bring me back from these crazy little rants. So uh, just taking a little sip. One second, guys. Oh yeah, that's good water. I uh, I have been on a little bit of a. I haven't actively been trying to do it, but I've been on a little sober, sober stint. Um, I think I went like th- oh, the last episode Adrian was on. That was the last time I drank. So that would have been like three or four weeks ago, I guess. And I wasn't actively doing it, but at the same time, I was like, "Oh, this is probably good for my body," and then. Yeah, I had my first beer last night, which we'll get to. I had to calm some nerves and I uh, had to resort to alcohol, which is probably not the healthiest or best thing to be doing. But anyway, I did it. And I did mention, I put up an Instagram story yesterday of I had a show last night and on the way home, I was looking forward to pulling into McDonald's and getting Nikita and I something special. Uh, And I don't know if you guys have seen this out there, but McDonald's has finally gone and done it and they've released an adult Happy Meal, which is, I don't know why they didn't do this sooner. Apparently it's been a big thing in the States for for quite a while. But um, yeah, the I honestly thought it was a joke uh, when I first saw the picture come up on my Instagram promoting it. I thought it was some sort of viral meme going around because if you haven't seen it, it's not called an adult Happy Meal. It's called a Kerwin Frost Box which is, I thought was weird. And I feel funny saying, can I please have a, a large Kerwin Frost box? Like that, I'd much rather just say, can I have an adult Happy Meal, please? But um, yeah, apparently, I did a bit of research because the picture that got released is a, I'll, I'll put it on the video right here. Uh, that's it there. So it's 
It's a urban gentleman in a bright purple jacket. He almost looks like Grimace, I guess. Uh, he's got oversized hands and oversized hat. And he's got all these little McDonald's figurines and shit all over his jacket. And I was like, that's... And he's got face tattoos as well. I'm like, that's a weird... I don't understand what this meme is, but I'll just keep scrolling. And then it just kept popping up, kept popping up. And then I went to Macca's the other day to get the kids like Happy Meals and I saw it on their menu. I'm like, holy fuck, this is actually real. So yeah, apparently you can get an adult Happy... A Kerwin Frost box meal uh, with a big... It's basically a large Big Mac meal or a large nugget meal with a toy. And the toys are actually admittedly pretty fucking sick. They're like legit 90s Macca's toys. They're like little nuggets and... This Kerwin Frost, box, uh, Kerwin Frost guy, sorry, turns out he's some sort of street artist in America. And he's like, I've never heard of him, but Maccas has sort of collaborated with him to, to do this box and he's designed these little toys and shit like that. So it's actually pretty cool now that, I've, now that I'm on board with it. I'm yet to have one yet, but I mean, it's not going to break the internet. It's just a Big Mac meal or a Nugget meal. So I kind of want a toy. It looked pretty good right here, I reckon, if I get... I might get all of them. I might try and collect them all. I'm going to go on a Macca's binge this week and just fucking blast them all. But yeah, talking about uh, talking about the urban culture, I guess, the, the drop that I've definitely been waiting for, and I know a lot of people have been waiting for, happened this week. Kanye finally came out and dropped his new album, Vultures Part 1, or I think it's just called Vultures 1. And I don't know how many parts there's going to be, but... Again, like every fucking Kanye album, mixed reactions. And I feel like Kanye could release an album of him just like farting into a microphone and I'd be like, oh my God, has everyone heard this? Kanye is a lyrical genius. But I actually like the album. I thought it was sick. It hasn't, it hasn't done the same thing to me that like Donda did. Donda is still like, I don't know how he could ever possibly beat that album. Like, Every song on that album and every beat and stuff just literally got inside my soul and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. So obviously I was not expecting this album to do the same thing, but there's like there's a heap of sick songs on there. Like and I know when the album first started getting teased, I was on here talking to Adrian and I'm like, I think like yeah, because some of the lyrics were getting leaked. And I'm like, I think Kanye might be coming out and just trolling us and just releasing like a shit album on purpose sort of thing. But when you listen to all the songs in order, yeah, they're stupid lyrics, but they're like fun parts of the song. Like, um, yeah, I'm not going to, not going to repeat any, but yeah, go listen to the Vultures album. The, uh, fuck, I was going to say something else on, on the Kanye. Oh, that's, that's right. So yeah, it's part one of the album. And I was like, that's fucking weird. Like, and then I was like, well, he has been pushing the release back for so long now, literally, like I think he was meant to release it in November or something. So four months he's been pushing this thing back. And then he released part one. And part of me felt like it was like when an assignment's due and you just like funnel, like trickle feed some of the assignment to keep your teacher happy until you like finish the rest of the assignment. So I'm not sure when part two or anything is going to come out. But uh, there was one, yeah, that the, everybody fucking song by the Backstreet Boys that he sampled. That wasn't on part one. So, and that's the big one that everyone's waiting for. So that's either going to be the one good song on part two or part two is going to be like the Donda effect on me where I'm just like, this is, this is music. But um, yeah, music is, uh, 
it's taking over Australia at the moment. It, there's, I don't remember a time when there's been this many big acts in the country at the same time and just like, like I don't know how all these people have the money to go and see all these artists. Like, for example, at the moment we've got the big one. We've got Taylor Swift in the country and I'll, I'll dig into her a little bit more after this because she's fucking next level. She's the goat. Uh, we've got Taylor Swift. We've got Blink-182 who, again, as I was growing up, one of, still like to this day one of the biggest bands to ever make music. And I like, I like them to the point where I, there was an album they released. I forget what it was called. But everyone hated it. Like all the normal Blink fans hated it. But I was like, it's cool. And I think it was like when they were going through their little breakup and hiatus and shit like that. Um, but yeah, then who else we got? We got uh, oh, Pink. Pink's in town. And I don't know how... I didn't even know Pink still made music. Uh, I don't listen to like commercial radio or anything like that anymore. So, uh, But yeah, to me it was like... I thought Pink died out with like Charlie's Angels 2 when she did the song on that. But anyway, Pink's in town selling out Suncorp Stadium again somehow. Uh, not music related, but another huge fucking person in town, John Jones, the UFC heavyweight champion. He's doing like training seminars. He was literally 10 minutes from my house. He was doing a seminar with uh, where Diego Pereira trains, who was on the podcast. And... Uh, that was nuts. I so badly wanted to go down there, but I just would have been that awkward fat guy in the gym being like, oh, hey, hey, John, I tried MMA once. And then he'll be like, oh, cool, man. And then hit me with his car or something, drink driving. But um, I hope John Jones doesn't hear that and come and murder me. But the uh, the biggest act, and I don't know why everyone isn't talking about this, but also touring Australia at the moment and everything I see on my social media that pops up, they're fucking crushing it. But Matchbox 20 is in Australia at the moment as well. And I feel like they're being overshadowed by everyone else I just listed. But I thought they would have blown up, especially after the push from the Barbie movie. So, uh, yeah, they had, oh, push from the Barbie movie. Push is the song that was in the Barbie movie. Look at me. But, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought everyone would be rushing out and seeing them. But I think it was just poor timing on their, on their part to come here the same time as all those other people. But... There seems to be people at their concerts. I'm sure they're stoked with how they're going considering their big blow-up was like, what, late 2000s? Uh, late 90s, early 2000s, I guess. But yeah, obviously, talk of the country. The Queen is in town uh, or in the country. She didn't come to Brisbane, so a little bit salty because of that. But yeah, Tay-Tay, Taylor Swift is literally taking over the country right now. And... I will go out on record and say this is easily my biggest regret of 2024 so far is I did not get tickets to go and see Taylor Swift while she was in Australia. So she's on her era's tour, which is she's destroyed America with it already. She's been to Japan. She's been all over the country with it. Now it's Australia's turn. She's only doing Sydney and Melbourne, but she's sold out both those, uh, both those cities so many times she doesn't need to go anywhere else. And all the footage I'm seeing on TikTok and shit is unreal. Like the production value, the show, everything like that she's put into this. And it's like she's called it her eras tour because she's pretty much playing back to back to back every one of her albums. And if you're a, if you're a Swifty like I am from fucking way back, 
you'll know that she started as like an innocent little guitar playing country girl. And that's when I first got into her. And then she like went through all these phases of like breaking up with guys, going through a rebellious phase of like, I'm not this cutie little girl anymore to like some sort of rebel. And then, yeah, then she went into like folk music and yeah, it'd, it'd be nuts to see the concert. It goes for like three and a half hours or some shit, which is again, insane in itself just to be, a solo artist to hold a crowd for three and a half hours. Like, it's insane. And she had a bit of a moment the first night. I think it was – I forget if she did Sydney or Melbourne first. I think it was Melbourne. But she had a bit of, bit of a moment at the, uh, at the start of the show where she came out and she's like, I'm sorry if I get a bit emotional during this show, but just letting you guys know that this is the biggest show we've done on this tour. And then – she goes, actually, it's the biggest show that, like, I've ever done. So there were 96,000 people in the one stadium just to watch this chick sing, uh, which is fucking insane to almost have 100,000 people crammed into a stadium to watch Taylor Swift. Um, and then the other part of my, like, fucked up brain was like, holy shit. Like, Nikita and I only looked at tickets for a little bit, and that was the main thing. Like, we would have had to have flown to Sydney or Melbourne – paid for accommodation, paid for the ticket. Like tickets were like, I don't know, the ones we were looking at were about 300 bucks each. So 100000 by $300. She's fucking cleaned up in Australia. She sold out Melbourne three times, Sydney three times or something. Like she, she, could, do the, she could tour Australia and retire if she, was a, if she had a standard cabinet-making wage like me. Not that I will ever make whatever I just listed, $3 million or whatever the fuck that pans out to be. Uh, I need I need like a little cue when I have a drink break that will keep you guys entertained for for that short little moment. But yeah, branching off from Swifty, the other th- big thing this week and the only real reason I watched it was because of Taylor Swift, which is somewhat embarrassing to say, but the Super Bowl was on uh, this past week and it's the first full Super Bowl I've ever watched. Uh, could never really get into the NFL. It's just such a slow, slow game for me. Like five minutes can take two hours somehow with just all the the timeouts and all that sort of shit. But I was like, I'm going to watch this one. I've been caught up in the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey fucking love thing all year. And I was just hearing all these other podcasts I talk about, talk about Kansas City Chiefs being like the greatest team in history sort of thing. So I've jumped on the bandwagon. They're versing the San Francisco 49ers. The only reason I know them is because that's the team that Jared Hayne went and played like three games for back in the day before he went to jail. So, um, yeah, I obviously wanted the the Kansas City Chiefs to win. So I put a bit of money on them just because to me it was like it was already written. Like they had to win, like. Taylor Swift was in the box. She flew straight from Japan to to the Super Bowl to watch her boyfriend play. And I said to Nikita before the game started, I'm like, this is literally real life high school musical right now. Like, and I said, I'm like, if Kansas City's losing at halftime, then Taylor Swift will just hang out of the corporate box and start singing to Travis Kelsey and then he'll score a winning touchdown. And the way the game panned out, for those that didn't watch it, uh, Kansas City was was losing up until the last, like, literally the last seconds. And Patrick Mahomes, which 
I'm not going to get into it. I've never watched, like I said, I don't watch the NFL, but from what I saw from that game, this dude is like next level, like IQ with football. And it all came down to him in the last play, throws the winning touchdown in the final seconds and wins the game. Obviously the the perfect love story for Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, Patrick Mahomes is now like considered the goat over Tom Brady. And then it like just ties in the perfect year for the NFL to have this little yeah, love story with Taylor Swift. So worked out well for everyone, I think, in the long run. But uh the the big sport that happened this week, I'll I'll try not I'll try not to cry when we get to the end of it, but uh UFC 298 was yesterday on on Sunday, so I'll do a bit of a recap on it just because I gave some tips for it. But uh, I just want to say the big loser for the day was was KO, KO Sports. I'm not a KO subscriber. Uh, UFC recently changed their pay-per-view rights that because uh, I'd always watch UFC on UFC Fight Pass. It was a quick, easy process. I would just click buy the fight, easy, there we go. And I had to sign up for KO Sports to now watch the UFC in Australia. And I was like, they're going to have some teething issues. This is not going to be enjoyable. Sure enough, I watched the prelims on KO. No issues. It was great. Uh, the main event starts and KO, I go to switch over to the main event and KO gives me a little error message. And I missed the first two fights of the main event uh, or the main card, sorry, which fucking pissed me off i was walking around here throwing the biggest tantrum nikita's like you're being the biggest sook i'm like you don't fucking get it babe like volkanovsky's the goat i'm gonna miss it blah 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 anyway then i get a little email from ko and it's like your purchase has been successful click it over finally working so yeah like i said i I watched watch the prelims most of the prelims um but yeah the big one that i was excited to see was justin justin tarfer that i spoke about one of Logan's own got an injury an hour before the weigh-ins, right? Or he would have had it the day before, but he didn't tell the UFC until an hour before. So UFC goes into panic mode. Who are we going to get to replace him? Justin Taffer's little brother that's just broken into the UFC in the last year or so, Junior Taffer, goes, well, fuck it. I'll step up and fight this guy. So UFC is like, well, that that's easy work for us. Go nuts. Junior Taffer stepped up, made the weight, and uh, unfortunately... Suffered from from some pretty brutal leg kicks. Like this dude's leg was fucked, and he held in there till like the second round, and then just got one in the shin and just like his leg buckled from underneath him, and yeah, lost by a TKO, which sucks for uh, sucks for him. Hopefully, it doesn't sort of tarnish his his reputation or anything in, like that, and the UFC gets him back in there. But but that sucked. They the other one on the prelims was the one that finished the prelims, which. I was not looking forward to this fight, really. I knew both fighters, but, uh, yeah, Mackenzie Dern showed she was an absolute fucking beast. She she lost the fight, but, uh, again, her leg got fucked up. Her face got fucked up. And, like, there's just something about watching chicks fight when their face is sliced and, like, her one of her eyes was just so bruised and swollen. I'm like, this is fucking insane. And I think that actually ended up getting fight of the night from what I saw. But, um, yeah, that was a good one. Then over to the main card, I caught the last round of Marab versus Cejudo. So Marab won that just like I was somewhat hoping he would. He's a fucking – I don't know how that dude's body looks like that without taking steroids. But, um, 
yeah, he got the got the win over Cejudo. Apparently, Cejudo's retired now, so we'll see if he actually stays in retirement this time. He's retired before and he's come back, so we'll see. Everyone comes back for money, but um, hang on, drink break. Yeah, then we we went into Ian Gary, which this dude he was he's gone through so much drama. He wanted to be the next Conor McGregor, and he came out just trying way too hard. And I think that gave people a bad taste in their mouth. And even at the start, I was full on board with him. I'm like, I was saying to Nikita, I'm like, this guy's going to be the next Conor McGregor, blah, blah, blah. And he just, he was not his own person for so long. And I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, including myself. And then it came out that his wife had written a story about like, uh, yeah, everyone was calling him a cuckold because they live with her ex-husband and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you're a little bitch. And... This was the first fight and press conference that I felt bad for him. Like everybody was just fucking piling on him. They were booing at him at the press conference and you could hear in this dude's voice like, I don't know if you guys can notice, but when a guy is like holding back tears, he gets this little like tremor in his voice and he's trying to fight back to these people booing him and you could just hear how much it was hurting this dude to pour his life into this sport and just have all these people like turn against him. So part of me somewhat wanted him to go out and just knock out Jeff Neal, but unfortunately it uh, it went to a split decision, which again did not pay it, like play in his favour. Obviously, everyone was sort of like, "Oh, Jeff Neal should have won." Blah blah blah. It was not an exciting enough a fight for me to have an opinion on it. I don't care who won really, because they, yeah, it was pretty boring to be honest. I think I even went and emptied the dishwasher during uh, round three, but. Then we go into the two big ones. So Robert Whittaker, fucking beast. I don't know how that dude, if you watch the fight, he gets hit with a leg kick in the head at the end of round one. He was knocked the fuck out. He was like Bambi on ice, like trying to stay on his feet. Luckily, the the horn goes and saves him. Uh, so he got to recover during, during the break. But yeah, other than that one kick, he... Paulo Costa put up a better fight than I was expecting, to be honest. Um, I thought he was just going to go in there and collapse under the pressure, but he actually put up a good fight. So it was a sick fight to watch. Whitaker got the win. Uh, he's coming back for that title. I can see it now. But he's also getting to the age where it's like he's got one last run and he's either going to go for the run for the title or he's going to get one more knockout and it's going to be like, please retire, Bobby Knuckles. I cannot watch this again. Which takes us to the main event. Uh, the sadness all over social media. Uh, the, the the featherweight goat, Alexander Volkanovsky, suffered a uh, pretty brutal knockout, which sucks. It sucked that he has been so unstoppable for so long. And I even said it in my little lead up to the fight that this young gun that's undefeated, no one really knew what to expect when he was up against someone like Volkanovsky, like, he hadn't really fought anyone of that caliber before. And, yeah, I guess he he came in and showed us all that he's got what it takes to, to yeah, fucking be the champion. So he knocked out Volk. Depressing fucking scenes. And I don't know why he did this, but uh, Taporia called out Conor McGregor in his post-fight speech, which I don't know. At this stage, I'm like, is Conor even going to come back? But apparently he is. We'll see. We'll see if he comes back. But um, yeah, the, uh, the, the capping point was UFC 300 headliner finally got announced. And from all the little cock teasers that Dana White was giving us that it's going to blow our mind, 
shit like that. Part of me feels like he could not get any of these big deals of Connor and Chandler, Izzy and fucking Drickus. Like he couldn't get any of those fights over the line. So we got just given this half shit fight that now nobody's looking forward to. So it's Jamal Hill versus uh, Alex Pereira for the uh, light heavyweight belt, which I don't know. At this point, I don't even know if I'm going to buy UFC 300. I will because I'm some sort of UFC deviant. But yeah, it, it does suck. I was hoping for a huge fight like UFC 300. Like UFC 200 was fucking stacked from start to finish. So I know there's a lot of people in the uh, scene that are very disappointed with how that one's panned out, but it is what it is. We'll still watch it. We'll still fucking get into it. But I'll uh, touch in my little week of comedy. So kicked off kicked off the week with that new gig down at Burley on Wednesday. So I got a little bit lost leading up to the leading up to the gig. So I ended up at some sort of Woolworths and I was 20 minutes early. So I was just sitting in my car on my phone and I've gone to go upstairs. I'm like, where the fuck is this place? So I've messaged the dude and he's like, I don't know where the fuck you are. Like, this is where the thing is. So I don't know why my maps took me there. So I got there. I was first up. So I was like, oh shit, I'm running late. I'm got there right on time, luckily. Uh, running late, new venue. Don't know where, how fucking shit's working, blah, blah, blah. And I was first up. And luckily enough, it was a fucking sick gig. Like, the crowd was there for it. The venue, like I was looking behind the bar. The bar staff was like laughing along with me and shit. And yeah, I think that that has the potential to grow into a sick room. So yeah, congrats to Alex who's running that. That was the first time I've ever met him. He's uh, just moved up here from Melbourne, I believe, from the brief chat that we had. So if you're around the Burley area and want to check out some comedy on a Thursday night, go check that one out. But uh, the big one, the big one was last night. And I was planning on recording this after last night's show, um, which was either going to be super depressing or or end on a high. So last night I had my raw heat up at Sit Down Comedy and it was a fucking stacked lineup. Like, to be honest, I was nervous as shit, the amount of good comics that were on that lineup. And again, there was sprinkled in there. There was people, I think there was three or four that were ballsy enough. That was their first ever comedy gig. And yeah, they, they killed it for sure. Like, I don't know how people do Raw for their first comedy set, but those guys smashed it. And yeah, I uh, found out I was last on the lineup, which can either go one of two ways. It can either go great because the crowd is having so much fun and they don't want it to end. And then the last act comes on and has a killer set. Or the crowd can be that tired that they just want you to shut the fuck up so they can go home. Uh, luckily, luckily enough for me, I think that uh, yeah, they were they were keen, keen to keep laughing. Got up there and as nervous as I was, I feel like I had a pretty decent set. So that was nice. I the the big stressor for me for the night was the strict five minute time frame. And every time I timed mine, I was sitting around like four minutes forty, and I was like. The, the worst thing you want to do is like stomp on laughs when you're getting them. But I'm like, to a point, I need to stomp on some of these laughs. And that that sucked a little bit, but they were they were playing the music if you hit the five. So I was like, I've got to do this. And yeah, made it through. I don't know if I mentioned that yet, but yeah, made it through to the semifinals. So found, I literally got the email just before I started recording. I'm in semifinal one, which is on March the 3rd. So again, I'll plug it all the way up to that. If any of you want to come and watch me do comedy at any show, this is probably the one that 
would be sick for you guys to come come to and laugh along, show the judges that, yeah, I should uh, get through to the final, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, super fun gig, super stoked that I got through. And to add on to that, I guess we should probably do my little my little segment that I teased last week about the premature premises. So this one is – I haven't really had time to get a proper one ready, right? But this week I got a little premise in my head and it is not my style at all. And I, I'm more of like the storytelling comedian, I guess, trying to tie bits from my life and just put a stupid spin on them to turn them into a joke, right? And this one was like the first – Every now and then I get somewhat of an intellectual premise pop in my head and I'm like, it's not my style. I'm always nervous that maybe somebody else has done that and I don't want to steal material or anything like that. So that's why I'm always like, if I just do shit from my own life, I'm safe. But I got this one in my head this week and I ran it past uh, Reed, who's been on the show before and he's like, no, I don't think I've heard that anywhere before. So I'm going to try it on stage. It's going to be my first. I'm probably going to turn it into involving my life in some way but i don't really have the bit ready but it's just the premise at this stage so it's basically i'm not sure if i entirely believe in the whole concept of evolution right because you hear about all these animals and things like that evolving over time to adapt to their environment better and if i was to believe in evolution i know that i've tried to suck my dick so many suck my own dick so many times that evolutionary my two sons should have two less ribs than what i had to make sucking their own dicks easier for them i said it way better to read (laughs) that sucked (laughs) but uh i hope you guys understand the concept and i feel like i'm going to be able to work that into a sick bit but um yeah i guarantee the amount of dudes that have tried to suck their own dick the evolution game should have gone okay let's start giving guys less dicks but then also evolution's probably like well then we don't need chicks anymore so it's probably trying to cover its own ass there. Um, but yeah, that, <laughs> hopefully that hopefully that segment gets a little bit better over time. But um, yeah, like I said, I hadn't really had time to work on anything proper. But um, yeah, the, the comedy thing's going, going good. I needed last night for sure. I was getting in a bit of a funk again with it, like the whole podcast thing. And I was getting to the point where I was like, should I just end it all? But the old... The old G- Joey Diaz uh, fucking clip that I always reference where if something happens every 90 days, you know you're on the right path. And I reckon I was about due for that 90 days thing again. But, um, yeah, if I get through to the final, who knows? I might I might be going on my own era's tour. <sighs> could be in the cards. Uh, following, backing up Taylor Swift. I could open for Taylor Swift. That's, that's a pretty good idea. But, um, yeah, the... The motivational clip for this week, and again, I don't know if some of you guys fucking hate it, some of you guys might not, but uh, the the little movie that I put on in the background of me quoting this week was, again, I've seen it. I think this was like the third time that I've seen it, but it's a fucking sick movie, and it's Hustle. So for those that don't know, it's basically a basketball movie that Adam Sandler did, and I'm loving this new – because back in the day, Adam Sandler just used to be the fuck-around comedian – in movies and shit like that. Like Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, fucking, yeah, all that shit. Billy Madison. And now he's just really turned a corner to do like Uncut Gems, 
Hustle. He's got another one coming out. I forget the name of it, but he's like a, an astronaut sort of thing that gets lost in space. And I'm looking forward to that one. But this movie is it's motivation from start to finish. So he's basically like a basketball scouter, travels the world. And because of that, he sort of somewhat neglects his his own family in a way. Like he misses his daughter's birthdays and things like that just to be out there trying to find the next basketball superstar. And yeah, finds this kid in Spain, I think it is, some some Spanish kid. Um, and yeah, the movie just from start to finish, it has you hooked. Obviously, there's a happy ending to the end, but motivational clip I thought was only fitting because I watched that movie this week that we, we played on the podcast. And again, this one pops up all the time for me. So here it is here. I love this game. I live this game. There's a thousand other guys waiting in the wings who are obsessed with this game. Obsession is going to be talent every time. You got all the talent in the world, but are you obsessed? But yeah, I thought that was fucking, that's sick. I don't know, again, if that that uh, connects to any of you guys, but it's somewhat how I feel about the comedy and podcasting thing. Like, I'm just fucking... Last night, prime example, the people that were getting up there for their first time were funny as fuck. And I was like, that is so good. And anybody that saw me in the first six months of comedy would have gone, why is this guy doing this to himself? Like, just fucking quit. Like, but I just like, I was, I've always been so obsessed with comedy and making people laugh and shit like that. And I just knew if I stuck with it, then I'd be able to get something happening. And then I started to get little little giggles and shit like that at jokes and I was like all right I'm fucking hooked and that's that's what that little clip sort of got through to me that if you're obsessed with something and you just keep going day after day with it surely eventually something's got to pay off and same thing with this podcast I'll just be in here every fucking Tuesday if there's ever a Tuesday where this doesn't come out then I would be extremely surprised and I would probably be in hospital or some shit like that but um yeah hopefully that that little clip gets you guys through the week the i did watch another complete dog shit movie this week and if you've got kids don't go and see it the peppa pig movie uh they basically just crammed three or four episodes of peppa pig onto a big screen and like intertwined it with real life people it was the worst shit i've ever seen in my life uh the other thing i noticed and i didn't notice this until i was watching the movie again fucked up brain just goes wherever it wants The animators of Peppa Pig have to be fucking with us adults by making the pig's head and nose an identical silhouette to a cock and balls. Like, that's the only thing I could see the entire fucking movie was just a giant cock and balls laughing at me. But um, go and Google a picture of Peppa Pig if that's not ringing a bell to you guys. But any parents would, uh, would know the resemblance. But yeah, I reckon we are. We, we'll call the episode there. We're approaching that hour mark, I think. But um, just plug my shows for this week. So Wednesday the 21st, I'll be down at Nobby's Ark. So that's another new one just kicking off. So first night down there for that one. Um, looking forward to that one. I think they've done comedy there in the past. So it should be sweet. Uh, come check me out there. Thursday the 22nd, I will be back at the Mix Bar with Chris Walters, who's been on the podcast before. So that's like a mini competition thing. You get a crown and shit if you win. Um, so yeah, I'm coming for that. Coming for that crown. Back to back wins this week for the 
the Raw and the Mix Bar, hopefully. And then Sunday the 25th, I'll be at a fun one at Big Fork Theatre up in the Valley. So that's always a sick, fun gig. Um, Come check that one out. Come check any of them out if you want. But the other thing I had to plug this week was friends of the show, uh, Paul Paul Mamone and Scott Fowler that I think they were on our last guest episode we did. Uh, They do the, the podcast Presenting Problems, which I think we told all you guys to go and go and check out. So... Paul took the leap this week. He's following in my footsteps. I feel like a big brother right now, but he took the leap to try and do a bit of a solo podcast on his own this week and, yeah, decided to shot me a message and goes, oh, can I call you live on the pod? So I don't know how much of it he kept and how much of it he edited, but I think we had like a fucking 20-minute chat or something like that on his podcast. So I'll be somewhat featured on it, I'd expect, or he cut the whole thing because it was dog shit. So go check out the Presenting Problems podcast this week. Hopefully yours truly will be on there. Uh, if you want to uh, have something on the show, send me some sort of submission, whether you're loving it. If you've got a question that you want me to like dribble shit on on the podcast, send it through via DM on Instagram or email at can'tgetanyworsepod at gmail.com. And yeah, I'd be stoked to fucking start communicating with you guys for sure. And uh, yeah, if you haven't shared, like we had a couple of shares on socials last week and it fucking... It was amazing, meant the world to me. Uh, And I don't know if that's because our thumbnails are more enticing and shit like that. So people are like, oh yeah, I'll put this on my own personal shit. But yeah, share it around. Even if you're at a barbecue on the weekend and just tell a family friend, fucking that's one more listener that we can get and grow this shit. And I can get a fucking aircon in this stupid hot studio. But appreciate you listening again and I shall see you next week.